Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session that followed my talk about PvP evolving. Had to kind of clarify a lot of my statements. The community is speculating even more now that PvP will be changing, leaving, all sorts of different things. I am not advocating for its removal, merely observing changes in Bungie's structure, content that they've delivered to us, their change in focus. They also have people leaving the company like Josh Hamrick and John Wisniewski. So this narrative is getting some traction. Again, I don't want to take things away from that side of the community, but it looks like things are going to drastically change. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now. Uh, typically when these hit the feed, I am live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Uh, and if you're here live right now, please click the follow button if you want to be part of the discussion and submit those questions. You do need to be following the stream. Uh, first question coming in from Fours uh, Fours for his wad, I get. I guess is the service revolver good? I actually liked it. I played for the first time with it today in the Crucible. I don't play a lot of Crucible. I'm not very strong Crucible player. I usually can hold my own and go even on KD. Um, and I thought it was a strong weapon. The, obviously, I'm not using the the Lunas or the Not Forgotten, but it's poor man's uh, Lunas or Not Forgotten because <laughs> it's a 180. 180s are really really strong right now, uh, especially with a controller. From everybody that I talked to about it and I felt like it was a strong strong weapon uh, in the uh, in the in the crucible when I was using it and again it was my first time using it and it felt it felt like a pretty easy weapon to use um, so 3v3 a limb, a limb because why not well here's the thing like in the grand scheme of PvP discussion if you're gonna be arguing for value and argue like what was good for the game and what wasn't good for the game even if you try to argue that Trials was the pinnacle achievement of their of, of Bungie's you know PvP prowess and development, if that's true, then my question would be why is it not in the game right now? Uh, apparently, you know it either didn't have enough demand or engagement to warrant its continued support and execution, or the Crucible has fallen so low in quality that having it in the game just doesn't make sense right now. So even even if even if you're going to try to argue that Trials was great and needs to return, I think you have to admit PVP is just not in a in a good place. And as I said in my talk, I just don't feel like we've gone anywhere. I feel like we've run in a big circle. Crucible again, this is not me arguing from a PVE standpoint. I'm merely looking at player-based numbers and community response, and it just really really feels like we have not progressed. If you're a fan of PvP, I feel like you deserve better than you've gotten for the last four years. I feel like there's a longer list of failures than successes when you look at Rift and Salvage and Lockdown and Breakthrough and D2 Vanilla PvP. That's a very long list of their attempts to evolve and iterate, and they haven't gone well. And if you're a fan of PvP and have poured long hours into PvP, I feel like you deserve better and should maybe be agreeing with me that, like, it either needs to evolve, change things up, new team, new leadership, something. It just hasn't worked. It hasn't worked for four years, so something has to change. Either it needs to just go away because it's never been that great and there's not going to be as much demand for that style of PvP in the future, or it needs to evolve into a way where it lands more on uh, the, the, the player base at large. I think that's the big struggle. If it evolves way too much, then you don't have Destiny PvP. If it evolves too much, right? 
if it, oh it, it, it won't it doesn't feel like destiny's pvp their attempt to evolve it into a more balanced even maybe an esports ready crucible was the least the least liked era in crucible history double primary and the team shot meta was was hated and so why it didn't feel like destiny it, it, it felt like a completely different game and i think that's the big challenge is if you expect them to evolve it in within the framework of what it is now like 6v6 or 3v3 limb or anything like that i just think you'd eventually end up with a game that doesn't feel like destiny because they have to strip so much down so much power so much sauce has to be stripped down and neutered like I said in my talk, I find it insane that long-standing members of the P- PvP community think they're a tweet with like a couple bullet points is going to fix the issue. No, none of those things will fix the issue. We've been doing this for four years. Why do you think like a couple of changes is going to put the Crucible in, into a great place? It's I, I don't know what you've been playing for four years, but I've watched people play Trials and every single meta shift was complained about. Every single meta shift was was eventually stale and hated and I just I don't know why you think we can get to some place where if they just change these three things it'll be good how much confidence do you have in them doing that and doing it in a way where you would be then proved right because we're entering our fifth year and it's never really gotten to where people claim it can get Nick Von Cannon says how are current pinnacle weapons affecting Bungie's plan for the sandbox in D3? I don't know how it's affecting their plans uh, for the sandbox. I have, I don't know. Other than maybe they could be coming to the conclusion that, dude, every time we create really powerful guns that people want and they, cha- and they chase, it, it makes people hate Crucible even more. It's just one of those things. It's like, well, we gave you Lunas and Not Forgotten. We gave you Pinnacle PVE weapons. We gave you power. These are great guns. And then they become a a, a pain point in the community and a frustration point because people are like, I don't have it and I hate not having it. And, you know, it's terrible to play against people that do. So, you know, the constant cries for Lunas and Not Forgotten to be nerfed are proof that they probably just can't that if if pinnacle weapons are proving anything it's that power causes so much problems power is fraught with problems in the crucible if you play this game and you enjoy chasing really really strong gear then that's kind of at odds with a crucible being balanced it just doesn't it just doesn't it ends up not working you end up with gear that disrupts the any any feeling of balance now am i saying that's wrong no, you just have to kind of have to accept that that's the crucible. You have to accept that that's the crucible. Is that you are going to play something that is imbalanced. You are going to come up against weapons that are ridiculously strong. You're going to get killed by supers and heavy a lot. And it's unpreventable, you know, a lot of the times when you get killed by those. Because of the nature of how strong they are, player mobility, you know, the way the maps are set up. It's just, you're going to die to those things a lot. And that... I think Pinnacle Weapons, in many respects, are a great step in the direction of power fantasy, but then it becomes problematic as soon as you... Every every time we come up with ideas for power, we always say, yeah, but Crucible. Yeah, but Crucible. It's just just the way that it goes. And I don't think that's going to change if you want it to continue to feel like Destiny. Little Light Radio, if PvP were to be integrated into PvE, would you prefer it to be similar to Division's Dark Zone, where specific areas or something different? 
I mean, I that's why I feel like Gambit might be an experiment. They might be experimenting and saying, you know, can we get a blended mode where both things are happening, right? Because Gambit, to a certain extent, like, there are elements of Gambit that feel, again, they feel kind of guinea pig, giving one person all this power, and they invade, and it's a 4v1. Again, it feels kind of guinea pig, like maybe they're testing out, can we truly blend, you know, PvP and PvE? Is it even possible? Can we do it in a way where... Can we do it in a way where people that really, really like PvP are going to enjoy Gambit? You know, that's the big dilemma because when we were talking about Anthem, people would always be like, Lono, do you think they should do like a thing where you try to beat, uh, beat, you know, the enemies faster than the enemy team and it's like a horde mode and who can do it the fastest? Or could they do like a Gambit style mode? And I was like, well, let me tell you something. If they were to add something like that to Anthem, it wouldn't satisfy the PvP players. People that are coming at Anthem and saying, please give us PvP, they're not going to be satisfied by that. They're not. They're not They're not going to be satisfied by that. They're going to feel like, yeah, this is half-cocked. This isn't very good. This is mediocre. This is blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever whatever conclusion is they're going to come to. So if you, if you half-bake it, what's the point, right? If it's mediocre, why bother, you know, wasting resources on it? So that's the big dilemma of PvP and PvE being combined is you end up with something that appeals to neither side of the community. Man, if you love PvE, right? If you love PvE, are you going to love a you know Gambit? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Does it offer enough PvP influence and exchange of of skill to really satisfy a PvP player? If you miss slaying out in trials, is going over with wall hacks and a machine gun and shooting and shooting what to you if you're at that level? If you're if they're, if they're like scrubs to you, you know, is that satisfying? I mean, is that satisfying to a fan of PvP is my point. So that's the risk is that you come up with a mode and you come up with a, 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 a system that ends up appealing to, you know, practically nobody because you've created something that has too many pieces in it. It's like a pizza with too many toppings. Yeah, we got fruit, we got veggies, we got meat, you know, we got everything. You know, so when you take a bite... It's got all of that on there. And you're like, yeah, but when I eat a meat lover's pizza, I don't want to bite into like an apple slice. What the frick is this? You have way too much on there. It's difficult to appeal. It's difficult to have that appeal. People are like, I don't like that. I don't like this. This doesn't appeal to me. It appeals to, you know, basically everybody. It attempts to appeal to everybody. Uh, a guy named Nate. The vitriol that you've taken for pointing out obvious harbingers in uh, suggests to me that the community needs communication from Bungie on their vision for PvP immediately. You've said in the past this could backfire, but in my opinion, they need to own this feeling uh, now. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, the criticism that I've taken is pretty much par for the course. Anytime you poke the community, um, it... Uh, Anytime you poke the community, it can be pretty. It can be pretty problematic, especially if it's if it's something that people love. Um, so, but here's the risk, okay? They're clearly shaking things up within the framework of Bungie. 
Whether or not you agree with me, losing Hamrick and Wisniewski is significant, which means they've got to restructure teams, okay? What this also means then is they may not even know what they're going to do with Crucible in the future. If they don't know what they're going to do with Crucible in the future, they can't come out and speak definitively right now. So they run the risk of coming out and saying, don't worry, all these rumors about PvP, guys, in Season of Opulence, we've got all this great stuff lined up for you, okay? That can passively promote the idea that, well, what about Beyond Opulence? You didn't speak about what you're doing beyond Season of Opulence. And if they're like, well, we don't really know what we're going to do beyond Season of Opulence. We don't really know what we're going to what we're going to do beyond the the, the the annual pass. And if we don't know that, we don't want to speak to it. That just causes more fire and more rumor. Oh, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't. They don't even know where, where the where the where the content's going. Where you know they don't even know what they're doing with Crucible beyond this. That again can create far more rumor and speculation. It can it could passively confirm a lot of what people uh, have been saying. So I think they. I think that in some respects they might feel completely and utterly stuck. Like we can't say anything right now. We can't speak definitively to what we're doing beyond uh, Season of Opulence, and if we don't speak definitively beyond Season of Opulence, we're going to confirm to people that things are changing in the future. We don't know what we want to do. Is traditional Crucible staying around? Maybe. Is it going away? Maybe. Is it evolving? Maybe. It's a lot of maybes. So a new PvP and Crucible team may need to get established, and then they need to have like a couple, maybe a month of planning before they could come to the community and say here's what we've got going on it's not it's no secret that we've been we've been doing less for crucible and a lot of people have speculated that crucible's going away here's our plans for crucible going forward why, uh, why are we not talking about the fact that these two guys might have been pushed out because of how poor crucible has been received and they're going in another direction it could be that rob yeah it could be that it could be just like, you know what? This just hasn't worked. This hasn't worked. We've tried it your way. We've tried your suggestions. We've tried to do things, uh, you know, in line with your philosophies, and it just hasn't worked. This is the direction that we're going. And if they couldn't have good, good, like, coexistence of vision, you know, or synergy of vision, then they had to, they have to part ways. You know, it's like, Stoughton leaving or you know because they, they went a completely different direction he was just like this isn't this is not the game that you know I guess he wanted to build or he thought they should build it there's 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 no way to truly know what happened and why so all we can say definitively is that they have left which means they need to be replaced and if they're being replaced you typically don't say anything about what they're doing until you have like a lot a lot of a lot of firm firm vision transfer here's the new guy here's the new team we brought on some new talent um this is the direction that we're going and then you could maybe at that point speak to the community even that's risky we've seen that go poorly for other games they speak so early about what they're going to do with their game what they're going to build and a couple years of development goes by and the things that they wanted to do don't end up happening and so then everybody gets really mad and feels like they've been lied to and it's like you spoke to the community way too soon you should have held back so even if 
they get to the place where they're like, this is where we think we want to take PvP, they've got to start building and developing to even see if those things are a possible reality. That's one of the dangers of, of a developer or development team talking to the public. They can accidentally promise stuff or passively promise stuff that they can't make good on two to three years from now. Imagine them coming out and saying, we really want to uh, maintain... We really want to maintain that classic Destiny arena style, and we're going to do everything we can to keep that present in the game and make it and make it and go back to our roots. Okay, everybody hears that, interprets it ten different ways, and then two or three years goes by, and Bungie in their development, you know, in their development and their testing discovers that like this new engine, this new weapon system, this new perk system, we're really going to have to change the way that Crucible flows and the rhythm and the size of maps, etc. And then you get something that looks. Like, nothing like what you thought they were promising you. So, there's, even if, there's danger there too. There's so many reasons why I don't think, if we hear from them definitively about Crucible, I'll be kind of surprised. I will. I will be kind of surprised. Because they don't want to accidentally promise stuff they know deep down they might not deliver on. Right? No one tweets positive goodbyes saying how much they love their job if they were terminated or pushed out. I don't think if you want if you want my opinion in theory, I don't think Hamrick and Weisnewski were pushed out. I think there's a philosophy change at Bungie. There's a different direction, and I think they said this isn't the direction that we want to go. This doesn't seem like a good fit. You know, we feel like we should part ways. You know, I don't know. I think after the four years they've tried, maybe they're just kind of burnt out on the on the whole idea, you know? Or they, like 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 somebody in chat is saying, maybe they saw the writing on the wall too. You guys have just continued to push away from Crucible, and we, and, and now you're talking about how you want Crucible and PvP's presence in, in the next game to completely change. It just sounds like we should probably move on. Like, that would be my theory, is that there were ground-level philosophical changes... And those ground level philosophical changes were enough for these guys to say, you know what? It's probably best for us to move on. You know? These guys are both running void. Why are you running void in a solar burn? What the frick are you people doing? Uh, Abrox, cheeky two questions. What evolution of the current PvP would encourage you to play it? Given free reign and ignoring the existence of PvP, what PvP would you want to see in D3? Um, an evolution of PvP that I would play? Ah, oh, I, I feel like it would have to be the lighthearted mayhem casual, just goofing around um, kind of a thing. That that's that's where I would that's where I would put it. And if it's blended with PvE, then you have that element of um, your, your power fantasy has footing there's mini bosses there's there's things you're doing you know that you're 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 trying to maybe find you know new ways of killing bosses faster so you can you can get to the pvp portion but i would love to see the pvp portion just be like casual laid back silly i don't i'm not a com- i don't like the competitive like stuff where competitive playlists just end up getting really sweaty and unfun they get thinned out casuals leave you end up facing people where you end up facing people where it's like like right now whenever we would play pvp and we would stack up 
and games were close the whole time, there's not a lot of joy in it. You're just like, everything feels like, a, a oh, I almost died. Like, if everyone's super close to your level, then every gunfight, you're basically leaving the gunfight in your absolute, right? You're absolute. You're like, I almost died. I almost died, right? And then this, the score ends, and you feel like, oh, we were literally a couple seconds better than this other team, or or they were a couple seconds better than us. How much satisfaction is there in that? Right? Now, close games are fun every now and again, but when every single game feels like it comes down to, oh my gosh, we got that last kill and they didn't. We're better than them. Really? I don't know who you are. I mean, it, it was if it was seventy to seventy-one, you know, are, is it really? <laughs> Do you see what I mean? It's. I think there's a time and a place for that, but I don't. I'm not motivated to play those style of uh, that style of play. I don't like it. I, it burns me out. It stresses me out. I just want a casual kickback. Let me throw some supers around. Let me shoot some rockets and laugh and then move on and so for me that's where I would like to see it go now if you're different and you're like dude I want a close game every time I want to sweat I want it to be brutal I want it to be mega competitive like if that's where if that's where you land then you and I are just different types of gamers so again the question was posed to me what what style would I build I feel like that's where I would pivot towards something just more casual uh, and more just lighthearted in its nature. Now, keep in mind, I played Call of Duty for a decade, a decade with a clan, went for wins, went into clan wars. Like, I got burned out on PvP. So some of it, this is my personal preference, that's what the question's asking for, right? Some of it's my own fatigue. I grew up on Quake 2, Quake 3, Unreal Tournament, then I got into Call of Duty for 10 years, and I'm just like, I'm kind of done with pvp I'm like no thank you i don't like it that much <laughs> you know it just i think you just people just get burned out so that's how i would design it again that's my preference now if i was given free reign and i ignored existing pvp what pvp would i want to see in d3 here's the thing I'm going to I'm going to argue I'm going to argue for my family here and I'm going to say I would love to see a traditional PVP stick around and for trials to come back and be glorious for the sake of my friends for the sake of nostalgia. I would love to see some people come back to the directory and just stream it every once in a while for fun. I would love to see my friends have their playground. But as far as like what new style would I put in? Kind of what I just talked about. A good blend of PvE and PVP that's casual. Um, but like I, I'm not gonna. I again, I don't want to argue. I don't want to argue for people to lose their lose their fun thing that they like doing. I don't want to do that. I, I I'm not trying to take that. Away. I'm not trying to take that away from me. You guys are literally running arc. What the freaking heck? What are people doing? Lord of Time. What weapon system improvements do you hope to see, if any? Uh, more, more. Uh, directional and intentional grind like we got with Ada. I want to see more bounties. I want to see more NPCs with stuff like that. I want to see more use of pinnacle rolls to introduce great, great perks. I don't say pinnacle weapons. I said pinnacle rolls. 
I think pinnacle weapons are a good start, but I want to see random rolls be like a major point of grind, and then the curated roll is like really, really unique and interesting. Unique perks, stronger perks, etc. Geezer, do you think maybe PvP was such a mess due to the Sandbox and Crucible team only doing what they wanted? Changes were always done begrudgingly, even if the requests were reasonable or logical. Change examples, double primaries, slow movement, 4v4 only, a change in Sandbox philosophy could explain some of the main guys leaving. Oh yeah, I, I definitely think, I definitely don't think it's get these guys the frick out of here I don't think that's what's going on I don't think like get out of here fire them they're terrible I think there's a shift I think they're saying that they want to go in a different direction um now let's ignore year one of destiny 2 I still don't think the crucible's ever been in great shape I still think it's been it's been shaky at best and and hasn't ever really arrived it's been it's been four years of nobody everybody always saying if they would just do this if they would just do this and it never really arriving so outside of the guys the leads that left i just don't know if as a team and as a company they ever had a firm grasp on what needed to happen for pvp it always kind of feels like it, it it's always been reactionary hasn't it it's always felt reactionary it's never felt like okay this is our vision for PvP, and here's how we're going to achieve it. It's just been reactionary. Even double primary was a reaction. Slow movement was a reaction. It was a reaction to all the complaints about one hits, and we want primaries to be, you know, we want primaries to be better. You know, it, it was all reaction. It was not a, it was not like a proactive, here's our philosophy for PvP going forward. It was like a reaction to what we've been saying all throughout Destiny 1's uh, history. And the result was this weird version of Crucible that didn't didn't even feel like Destiny anymore. That's the other thing I think we have to consider is that one of the reasons I just don't feel like they've ever been able to land the plane is they've just been in a state of reaction. Now, some of that's because of the, the, the way that the game was born. The game was born in, you know in a rebuilding phase like when it finally landed it was being it was being rebuilt and then the same thing happened with destiny 2 so i would say if they can get out of if they can get out of the reactionary position get a new team in place get a really good philosophy and an understanding of like where they want crucible to go and separate the sandboxes you could get into a really great place but i just I don't know why haven't they been able to do that for four years what's been the reason they haven't been able to do that has been their philosophy to have i mean we have old videos of like luke smith talking about seasons of dominance and that was something that they liked like it was that has this all been by design and now the the, ga- the car is just run out of gas people are sick of it people are sick of you know people are sick of the swinging meta Look at Anthem as PvE only. I love how people say look at Anthem as like an example for why you shouldn't go PvE only. And they're like, look at the they look look at the Twitch directory. I'm like, the Twitch directory died because there's no endgame in Anthem, not because it doesn't have PvP. That directory was doing great until we all got to the endgame. That was actually one of the one one of the one of the best growth directories I've ever been in. And it's in that game's infancy. And that directory died 
because they don't there's nothing for streamers to do there is no end game grind anytime they do a patch a couple of us can boot up to great numbers why because it's clear that game has got got something special even without pvp it does just fine (laughs) it's like oh you gotta be freaking kidding me what modifier is on rexus what do you think about Bungie giving us some new legendary trace rifles? Oh, I've 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 argued for that before. I've argued for that before. I would love to see uh, some trace rifles brought out of the exotic. Like, like, there's a couple of weapon types that I don't understand why this team. You've got to be freaking kidding me. Uh, there's a couple of weapon types I don't understand why they limit them. There's almost no linear fusions. Trace rifles are regu- re- relegated to exotic only. Uh... There's almost no fusion rifles in the game at all. Um, so, you know. Oh, Grounded's on. I was like, I wonder why I died so fast. I'm just trying to kill this ogre, and, uh, man, I have a very special team with me. Very special team. I stopped jumping. He, I wonder if they don't know it. I wonder if they don't know that Grounded's on. They're doing the same thing I was doing. So hard to stay on the ground as a Titan. <laughs> it's so hard to stay on the ground as a Titan. Uh, but yes, yes, sorry. I got distracted by the game. Trace rifles as a legendary would be great. More fusion rifles, more linear fusions would be great. Um... Yeah, I, in general, when you go to the collections, there's a couple of weapon types that you're just like, man, some more, some more stuff here would be, would be awesome. That sucks. I almost didn't make it. Doctor Cleveland, what advice would you give to someone who actually likes PvP and had a surprisingly good time playing Iron Banner this weekend? I don't have advice for you. Like, play what you like. Play what you like. Even if Destiny 3 completely... Let's just say they completely do away with PvP. Let's just say it happens. Okay? That doesn't mean you can't play right now and have a good time. It doesn't mean you can't play... Um, it doesn't mean you can't play in Season of P- the Opulence. They're gonna, I, there's going to be PvP stuff in Opulence. I guarantee you. There's no way. They've got to have something planned. They've done virtually nothing for PvP for... for three deliverables forsaken then the forge then season of the drifter i mean i just don't think you can count exotics or pinnacle weapons as as like that's that's content for pvp folks like i don't know i just think pvp is going to look vastly different in the next game i think the fact that they're they're they've shifted focus away from it and they have people leaving the company it's going to be very very different but for now, I think you got plenty to do if you're liking it. Gaming Scrubs, would taking PvP away from D3 destroy sales? Not necessarily. All press is good press. So if the major headlines for D3 is that Crucible is va- is going to be vastly different in D3 or you know traditional 6v6 Crucible is going away in D3, there'd be headlines everywhere. And then that gives Bungie the opportunity to say, we're going for a more traditional RPG feel and we felt that the Crucible was just something that was never really landing in the way that we wanted it to. 
Um, and they may not even come out and say this, but I just think that style that style of PvP is in less is less and less in demand. So from a business standpoint, like you you see loss of sales, they see wasted production revenue. They see they see bad margins. Right? From a business perspective, it, it it's that style of PvP is less in demand. That side of the community could potentially oh, we've said this many times, they could potentially spend way less money. That's why maps have to be free, because a significant portion of every PvP player base doesn't spend money. That portion of the player base is big enough. It's it's big enough that they have to make the maps free. Like you wouldn't have to make the maps free if most of that player base was buying the content because you'd say, no, if you want the new maps, you got to spend money. You know, most of our players, oh my gosh, most of our players are buying the maps. So, think PvP should go back to D1? No. Do you think, uh, any suggestions on that Bungie can receive more of a return of investment financially from PvP? Um, I mean, I think they tried. I think they tried with the Thorn. I think they tried with, uh, with the last word they basically tried to say here's a way for us to make money off of pvp this is a terrible fight for grounded because you have to jump so much like the default is jumping for this uh for this fight this is an awful fight for grounded um 1010 super yeah that was a great super Uh, I thought she was going to teleport and they're like, oh, she's right here. Let me use my super on her. And then I got, I, I totally whiffed it. She moved like as soon as I pulled the, as soon as I pulled the trigger on the super, she moved. I think she'll just teleport. We get her down. Yeah. I think they, I think they tried to get more money out of the PVP crucible side. I feel like they did. I feel like they tried to say, okay, what can we do to make money off these people? And they monetized the, some of the most iconic some of the most iconic exotics in the game for Crucible the thorn and the last word okay come on man you don't think that was done intentionally to like get PvP folks to spend money I, I don't know here's another way to consider it here's another way of looking at it okay here's another way to look at like the PvP and the exotics and all that the the way that they structure the annual pass and how they price things change with season of the drifter and we have no idea why okay they made it muddied and confusing i don't know why you would do this but it went from being called joker's wild and season of the drifter season of the drifter being the free content Joker's Wild being the monetized content. Suddenly, Bungie decides to jettison the name Joker's Wild and everything's just Season of the Drifter, which is really freaking confusing, because prior to now, prior to that change, Season of the Drifter was free content, Joker's Wild was paid for content. So now, it's really, really difficult to know wait, what's free and what's not? I mean, if we go all the way back, okay... If we go all the way back to the original annual pass, I'd be interested to look at that picture and see, did they promise Season of the Drifter like free exotic quests? Because is there a free exotic quest? Don't you have to own the annual pass to do the Thorn, the Thorn quest? 
I don't actually know how it works because again they changed all the marketing. They changed all of it. It's like it's it doesn't show Joker's Wild anymore. You have to own it. Yes. See, I'd be very very interested to go back and to look at the original marketing and see if they completely changed the promise. Because did, I thought that they said each season there were free exotic quests. That's clearly not true. It's clearly not true if you have to if you basically have to buy the annual pass to even to even get the thorn. I don't remember. I don't think people were getting confused. It was so clear. The marketing was so clear. The top half of the map, the top half of the season season pass map was the stuff that was free. The bottom half was what would cost money. It was so easy to see. It was like, okay, so this is what I get if I spend. This is what I get for free. It was, I I don't know. I feel like it was so, it was crystal freaking clear. There's a free one listed. It just hasn't been released yet. It could be that linear fusion then. It could be that linear fusion. I Again, I don't know. I, th- th- it just seems like it, if, you're, if you're not spending money, okay, and you are spending money, the lines got really, really muddied with Season of the Drifter and Thorn, along with last word from the last from the last one. Oh, I just got arms. Those were those were those to me were clear motivators for PvP people to purchase, and it got really unclear whether or not they were gonna be free or not with Season of the Drifter. It's almost like the marketing was like, let's make it let's just make it let's pivot it to where you have to pay for the exotic quest and if anybody tries to say wait we were supposed to get an exotic quest with season of the drifter you're not held accountable to that promise anymore because you've changed the goalposts. season of the drifter now is the all-encompassing title instead of joker's wild don't you see doesn't that feel i don't know doesn't that feel kind of as a, as a player don't you feel a, it's a little misleading they make promises for Season of the Drifter that they don't have to make good on anymore because it's all muddied now. Season of the Drifter is the annual pass content. That that doesn't sit that doesn't sit well with me. I'm like, wait a minute, what it, what am I getting for Joker's Wild? What are you getting for Season of the Drifter? Are you making good on the promises of the original annual pass picture? Or did you change it all again to motivate purchase? It feels that it feels like a bait and switch. I, 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 that to this day doesn't sit well with me. There was no official announcement. There was some weird worded tweet from Deej about it. Like, what? What? What happened to Joker's Wild? I bought the annual pass. Okay, when I bought the annual pass, it was called uh, Black Armory, Joker's Wild, and Penumbra. Okay, you've jettisoned those names, so now you've changed the very thing I spent money on. Why? I don't understand. And if you and if you were thinking you were getting free stuff in Season of the Drifter, it's all it's all the same. It's all under the same name now. So what promises do they, do they have to honor? They don't have to honor any promises to you. It was called Season of the Drifter. It's all called Season of the Drifter now. I think they made it unclear to hide all the free stuff you get. And the paid stuff didn't look like a good enough value. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing, the whole thing feels really, really weird. I don't appreciate it. I don't like their lack of, they didn't speak to it. They made zero formal announcements about it. They didn't create a clear, 
line of here's what you get for purchase here's what you get for free that is not clear anymore the only thing on that one thing they they they, they put out the you know season of the drifter picture is the last two things on the on the on the map arc week and uh, what the other what's the other thing called it's like an event those are listed as free everything else looks like you've got to pay if you want it which includes thorn I'm not saying Thorn was originally planned to be free, okay? I don't know how far back I have to go on my phone to look at the original images. But the more I think about this, the more the more I don't like how it changed. It seems it seems like a like a, a, a like I said like a very very sharp shift. I've got to go back pretty far in my phone to find it. I had a picture that I used anytime we talked about this on like the the Rageless Roundtable. Here we go. Got it. Okay, so the top of, okay, the top of Season of the Drifter, Gambit Private Matches and New Maps was listed as free, okay, that didn't happen, you didn't get that, you didn't get any free map. you didn't get any free maps for, for Gambit, did you, at least not yet, Private Matches is coming, Power Increase, yes, New Vanity Rewards, yes, um, Exotic Quest is listed as free for Season of the Drifter, you know, and then a spring event, which that's, I forget what it's called. Um, don't you see that was promised is free. There's an exotic quest that's promised is free. Gambit new maps is promised as free. The, and, and now it's all muddled and muddied because now what was, what would they put at the bottom? Yeah. The revelry. Thank you. What they put at the bottom is Joker's wild weapons and gear, exotic quest, new gambit experience, uh, weekly quest and Zer bounties. That's what you, that's what you got, you know, for the, for the annual pass. So maybe the linear rifle will be free and they'll make good on that promise. That's, that's possible. I don't, but where are the new maps? Where are the new maps for Gambit? Regular Gambit. Are there new maps? Because that's... Again... (laughs) Again, that just doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. You had a structure. You had a promise. You had people buy the annual pass according to that promise. And then you change the product. That just doesn't sit well with me at all. The more I think about it. It just... It gets really, really unclear as to what exactly people are getting for free. And what people are getting that costs money. OMG Panda. Forbes just released an article about Bungie letting go of lead game designers in charge of Crucible. This is leading to rumors that Destiny 3 is not going to have Crucible or something similar to PvP P, uh, PvPVE, like Dark Zone. Thoughts? That was what my whole talk was about. I called it before anybody else did and I got a lot of hate for saying PvP might be getting removed. No lives. Do you think Gambit is a test for the... Pr- yeah, that was in my talk. The Guardian 777. Off topic, but still Destiny. Do you think the infusion system should be completely removed? Compared to other games, there are none that allow you to level any gear you get in the early game. Division allows you to enhance your gear, but in the uh, it's with the end game materials. Thoughts? Well, I don't think you can compare the games. I don't think you can take infusion out. I don't. It's, too, it's part and parcel to the experience. Right? It's part and parcel to the experience now. So, I, I don't, I don't think you want to completely jettison infusion. It's just one of those things where we get a gun. If you get a really, really dope gun early in the game, do you want to you want to you want to bring that with you? WTF Game Nation, both Wisniewski and Hamrick were heavily, heavily influential and had their hand in PvP and Sandbox. Um, 
they're crucible. They're they're primarily crucible guys. But sandbox was like their title, yes. Saint Guardian. Do you think Jones uh and Josh left potentially because 343 poached them for Halo 6? I only say this because they both made a tweet about going uh, and doing something big they're working on. Oh, I don't know. I maybe. I'll give you a maybe. Dr. Bad Llama. Don't you think that free-to-play battle royales and other games are a significant part of this dip in PvP engagement? Yeah, which adds more adds more weight to the business decision to not really focus on it. Uh, Eknor. Do you think now that they introduced a consumable to boost power level by 100 in Iron Banner is a clear sign that PvP players are not playing 99% of the content and that their power level is really low at the time to play the event? I mean, it's just one more observation that probably lines up with the fact that they're not paying and they're not grinding the content. They're just booting up and playing PvP. Um, Hamrick said he was taking a break from work and John said his big thing was a podcast, I thought. I didn't think either of them said anything definitively about what they were doing. They just said, they'll have, they'll say as things happen. Um, Aberox. Uh, for someone who has a unique itch scratched in Destiny 2, the ability to play great PvE content and then later evolve into playing PvP and enjoying it, uh, it's keeping me playing the game when I've completed the PvE elements. What evolution of PvP do you think would keep players? I already outlined my thoughts of where they could take PvP. Guardian 777. I came in late for the talk. It sounds like very every argument that was made in the following conversation could be made against PvE and raids as well. The overall mindset and flow of PvE activities hasn't changed much and multiple big names left. Bungie that have worked on raids. Thoughts? No, it's not the same at all. This is a massive, massive false equivalency because raids don't get engaged with by minority they get completed with completed by a minority raids don't need maintained there's no matchmaking there's no map rotations there's no imbalance there's no events raids are delivered with dlc and then sort of like let be they make very very minor changes now the reason you couldn't make the same argument about the flow of pve activities is that pve has actually come a long way you can go back and play vanilla d1 and there is a clear and definitive difference between public events strikes the addition of lost sectors the addition of adventures the daily missions there is a significant jump in quality and quantity in the pve side of the game the lacking nature of pve has more to do with loot incentive and perks which we could probably hang some of that on pvp's neck so i don't think you can make that argument pve has always always had more engagement always and there's a clear change in quality what change in quality has pvp got what apparently it's so bad they can't put trials in it it's so bad that they're they're not doing anything with it they're not giving you anything and all of their game modes that they've tried they've scrapped what pve content has been so bad they've had to scrap it Maybe a glitched mission here or there that gets taken out of rotation and put back in. One strike, they had to restructure and take out a rotation in the history of the game. They did that that one time with the the Exodus crash strike. 
How often did they cancel trials, take maps out of rotation? They've had to tweak this, tweak that, like shifting sands of the meta and big sandbox changes. All these patch notes, litany of changes, all for PvP, and how far has it come in four years? It, we've gone in a giant circle. A giant circle. How How is it any better? I think it's easy. I think it's easy to make an argument that PvE has progressed and gotten better. Now, you could argue their raid design hasn't when you when you point to Wrath of the Machine and King's Fall, and I will agree with you there. I think raid design needs to go back to those two. I think King's Fall is the absolute paragon of the example of how to design normal to hard difficulty. I think Wrath of the Machine is the paragon raid in all of Destiny. Internal currency, great perks, clutchable, great fights, grindable past three, loot was actually rewarding and good, the aesthetic was amazing, it bangs on all cylinders. Wrath of the Machine is the quintessential raid in Destiny's history because it has all markers. All markers. Now, sure, Vogue is nostalgic, it's great, King's Fall is epic and amazing in scope. They all have things about them that they're kind of lacking. Wrath of the Machine delivers basically everything. It's only, it's basically missing a boss, okay? It's basically missing a boss. If it would have had an extra boss, it'd be perfect, because then its length would not be a point of criticism. So, I do think raid design has regressed a little bit. They lack the internal currency, the perks aren't any good, the loot tables aren't as good. They could, I think, go back and recapture that, okay? Because I think once Wrath got to hard with challenge mode, it's raid perfection. It's so freaking good. And again, again, the big name people in charge... I think completely mismanage raid philosophy. They completely mismanage raid philosophy. They they completely remove the idea of clutching raids because they don't want somebody to be dead when the boss is beaten. That is a I just think one of the most flawed philosophies of challenging endgame content I have ever heard. Why does everybody have to be alive? What the frick? What is this? That is one of the worst things they did to raid design. Leviathan is built from the ground up to be a non-clutchable, mechanically heavy, just trash pile. It's just not... It's compared to the rest of the raids in D1. Again, I feel like people high up in decisions made philosophical shifts. Here's the thing that I think happens sometimes, okay? I think people think that change is automatically innovative and good and it's not it's not always innovative and good just because you're changing and going to you know the the revive tokens and all that nonsense uh, that just because it feels innovative doesn't mean it is and it clearly wasn't innovative because they had to completely retool the application of the res token system whenever they started doing new raids because it's a one size fits all pain point it doesn't work soft wipes okay enrages and things like if six people die at Golgoroth and he wipes you or you take too long at War Priest and he wipes you those are contextually specific pain points that must be managed instead of a one size fits all in my opinion stupid pain point that cannot be managed you're just like 
We can't manage this. Just wipe. We might as well wipe. We're not going to get that res in time. We're all going to die. It... They... I would, yeah, I would agree then that that raid raid design take, took took significant steps back, significant steps back with the raid tokens and the revive system. At a ground level, I think when teams rise to the occasion and overcome an obstacle when their teammates are dead, that is a testimony to the talent of the team. And I don't understand why they did away with that. I don't. I, one last statement on this. I think it's far more winsome, far more winsome and inviting to be the dead guy at Axis and you watch a team clutch. That's inviting. I want to get to the point where I do that. That was cool. You guys are really good at this raid. I want to jump back in and try again. I want I want another shot, okay? Do you know what's not winsome? Being the guy who dies a couple of times or you die at the worst possible moment and the team wipes because of you and you have egg on your face sorry guys gotta do it all over again we all have to be alive <laughs> isn't that great yeah do you think that person wants to jump back in again next week cause they're the lead footed dum dum in the team that keeps dying now I think they were legislating to an extreme they were legislating to people that were like hey newbie Go stand in the corner and shut your mouth. We've got this. Hey, newbie, access is easier if you just jump off and you're dead, right? I, they legislated to that, you know? Like people being like, yeah, we don't even need you, dude. Just jump off. We, we don't. If, if you're dead, then we don't have to worry about who gets empowerment. Just get the frick out of here, you know? And they just drag you to victory. I think that's a minority. I do. I think in our community alone, we saw people get excited about clutches. I had people come in and they tip me like a dollar and they'd be like, Lono, your LFG is amazing. These guys clutched it last night. It was so exciting. I can't wait to jump in next week. There was never this sense of like, yeah, I got drugged through the raid and it sucked. It was more winsome, more inviting. I appreciate the effort in trying to get all involved in raids. I never liked the carry mentality. Right, and and I and again, I see what they were pushing against WTF, but I, I definitely think I definitely think that's a minority of, of people that were just dragging people through raids. I think again, if you're this is this is the problem with that mentality. You're legislating to somebody who is experiencing the content in a bad way, right? They're going into the raid and they're playing it in basically the wrong way, like telling somebody to jump off at Axis is an example. Okay, well, instead of instead of creating this new one-size-fits-all pain point because this team's doing something extreme, weigh the good with the bad. What are we taking away from teams when we add this? Clutch ability, hero moments, those moments where you think it's all but it's all but over but somebody picks up the cannon and does the right thing and oh my gosh you're taking all of that away to to legislate to people that were being like that were playing the content in the wrong way it's just it's just it's just micromanaging it's paternalistic it's like instead of just letting people play how they want you're taking you're taking things away you're taking those moments away be- because people people do that they play in such an odd and and 
as somebody saying it's punishing the entire player base because 1% play the wrong way. You're already dealing with a minority in raids anyway. You know, 10% of the player base completing the raids on a regular basis. Within that 10%, I don't think go jump off at Axis, go sit in the corner and shut your mouth. I don't think that's normative. I don't. Uh, clean killer. Some PvP games do not have a flinch mechanic. Um, uh, do you think removal of heavy... Do you think removal or heavy adjustment to flinch would bring PvP back to a better place? Listen, anybody that makes really, really tiny suggestions like this, I'm skipping right over your question. I don't think there's a single... This is exactly the fallacy that so many people fell into on Twitter. A couple of bullet points in your tweet ain't saving Crucible from its state. They've had four years. We're, we're going into our fifth year, and if you think, well, do you think if they did this to flinch, that would fix it? That's like one of a litany of problems. Like, it just isn't even worth engaging with as, as a subject, because that's one of probably like a hundred points that need to be addressed. They're not going to fix the Crucible by addressing one thing. Like, oh, if they fix Flinch, all will be better. I mean, some people's bullets that they put, it's just like, so basically rebuild the entire Crucible, right? Better map design, better radar reaction, better sight lines, better flanking options. So you want them to rebuild the entire Crucible is what you're saying, right? Because they they can't do that on a weekend. Blazin' Bender. Would new PvP game modes uh, work to help, like SWAT or Snipers Only, or Griffball? No, because they have a laundry list of game modes that have failed. They ha- they have more games that they've tried to add that they've had to, that, that have been poorly received and have failed. Rift, gone, not in the game. Salvage, terrible. Lockdown, breakthrough. I mean, game modes can't save the Crucible. They can't. Clean killer. You think removing control from linear maps where you don't have a path from A to C would help? Again, you're just getting down into the minutia. I'm not engaging with these suggestions because I just think there are... PvP has been here for four years and adjusting map rotation and control is just one more small issue. It's not It's not an all-encompassing issue. Uh, Mistrum. Uh... M Mstrom 2800 which option would help the more casual PvP player losing in competitive gives small points and losses uh, don't take comp advancement of points based on I'm I'm skipping this question JD Gamer could you see Bungie doing something similar to Iron Banner in Trials but for Gambit Prime and Normal Gambit yeah like weekly events they kind of try to do that with the increase in Infamy um, they kind of already try to do that. They try to do this like, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of infamy this week, and then they kind of, you know, get everybody to go into Gambit. Um, it, it might be, it might be, it might be a good idea, but I don't know what exactly they would do to Gambit to really change it. You know, I, I'm not really sure what they could, what they could do as an event. I, I, I'd have to, I'd have to have Bungie like make an announcement, and then I'd have to kind of interact with them, like see, okay, what are you gonna do? Now, I'll tell you right now, Mayhem and Gambit might be pretty fun. You're killing the ads insanely fast. You're killing the boss insanely fast. You know, that'd be really wild. Borquin, in D3, do you think having the PvE world 100% separated from PvP uh, more like Halo, where the gear is streamlined and locked set loadouts would be a good idea? See, everybody makes this suggestion. Not everybody. A lot of people make this suggestion, okay? The fear here would be that ain't going to feel like destiny, right? That isn't going to feel like destiny. 
So let's take the premise. Many people, this is the premise. PvP needs to stay in the game. It's a huge portion of the player base. Okay, let's grant the premise. Then let's take Boroquin's suggestion. Do you think that player base that you're building PvP for, that's the impetus, okay? This is this is your premise. We have a big player base. You better make PvP again. Okay, do you think that's going to appeal to them? Maybe. Maybe not. If it doesn't feel like Destiny, they might be like, this doesn't feel like Destiny. This feels like some Bush League Halo knockoff. This is weird. Set weapons? The frick? No, I want to grind for weapons and beat somebody's face in with my amazing rolled shotgun. And I want to launch my super across the map. And I want to want to get rockets. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't know if they're going to take this risk. This is exactly the problem. They're stuck between a rock and a hard place. If they continue doing what they're doing, it's really, really difficult to balance. And like I said, we've gone in a giant circle for five years. If, if they completely jettison classic PvP and they go for a more set role, set weapon, Halo style, they're taking another risk of completely frustrating the player base they're even building the content for. It's, they're stuck between those two choices. Well, there's three choices, right? The middle choice is evolve it into like a hybrid mode or get rid of it, right? And then the two options that are like sharp left and right is keep doing what you're doing. Hasn't really worked for the last four or five years. We've gone kind of in a big giant circle or completely change the nature of Crucible. Keep it arena style, 6v6, but make it more like Halo. Yikes, like... I don't know. Th- that might make people say, no, forget this. This doesn't feel like Destiny. D2 Vanilla is proof that if the game changes too much, people ultimately reject it. They're like, this is, I don't like this. This is bad. Maverick, what are your thoughts on people win trading in comp for pinnacle weapons? I don't care. Uh, Ant made it. Do you think removing PvP has more advantages than disadvantages? People oversee and think it's just going to be more people working on PvE. I mean, in the end, what do you do in Destiny once you're max everything? You got rolls on your guns and stuff. Where do you brag? Where do you show off your stuff? To AI and PvE? No. Well, right, but you're arguing against player-based trends. Like, you can't argue with the facts. You can't argue with the facts. PvE has traditionally had better engagement. That's not going to change. If they go to a more traditional RPG style it's not even about like pivoting all the crucible people over letting them go dissolving those teams terrible I hate to see Hamrick and Wisniewski go I do they're part of the story and the narrative of the game that we play in the community that we love I hate to see them go but you start letting people go you reroute production costs and how much how much of the production and the efficiency and the updates of PVE are held back by significant sandbox changes and updates they have to do for PvP. Do you see? How many perk ideas? Now again, people always come back, we'll just split the sandbox. Just split the sandbox. It ain't that easy, man. Or they would have done it. They would have done it in the last five years. They would have split the sandbox. You don't think in D2 vanilla state they would have split the sandbox if it was that simple? You know? Sandboxes in PvP, though? I don't know how much... I don't know how often we have to establish it. Hamrick and Wisniewski were heavily in the PvP world. 
IGN and Forbes are speculating on their leaving that Crucible is changing. Like, Wisniewski and Hamrick were not like sandbox, and then that means they don't touch PvP at all. They were heavy in the PvP. Hamrick was brought back in for the PvP. It just... it. I don't know. I don't think IGN and Forbes are making these observations haphazardly. These guys were significant players in in that in that world. That's an established fact. We don't need to keep flat tiring and coming back to that. That is an established fact about Hamrick and Wisniewski. There, a lot of their contribution lately to the conversation, even in the TWAB, was heavily about pvp and what they were trying to do with certain items like if you go back even before january when they were addressing the community that was all hamrick and a lot of the sandbox changes think about the thrust of sandbox changes i don't know for the last 12 months they've all well not since the last 12 months since forsaken landed it's it's primarily driven by pvp jazzy james why doesn't bungie just balance pvp Restrict what you can use, such as weapons and abilities in comparison. I feel Bungie has a problem balancing over and over again. Right, I mean, we've gone round and round on this. They they can't, right? You, they, If they were able to just balance it or split it, I feel like they would have done it, and they haven't. Their splits on adjustments are real infrequent, and we've talked about this before. Uh, thank you, Capo, for eight months. We've talked about this before. They, when they make a weapon stronger in PVE, they don't go in and turn tune some dial on the weapon to make it stronger in PVE. They make enemies take more damage from it. It's not the same. So that's why they don't do it. You have to fine tune. This it's like when they saw oh lanterns and leviathan were taking too much damage from Wardcliff Coil. So then they made them take less damage from Wardcliff Coil. They didn't touch the Wardcliff Coil. They didn't do anything to it. So when they make, um, I don't know, uh, trace rifles stronger in PvE, they give them a PvE buff, they're not turning some PvE dial on trace rifles. They go in to the enemies and they say re- they, they receive more damage when hit by a trace rifle. This is why they don't split the sandbox because it would be you're essentially asking them to do two to three things to achieve one thing. Okay, we want um let's just take trace rifles for example, okay? Trace rifles are too strong in the crucible and if we weaken them, they'll be terrible in PvE. This means they have to go in, they have to change the damage output of the trace rifle, okay, to get its appropriate time to kill in line with what they think is a reasonable speed of efficiency in the crucible. They got to do that first. That requires testing, that requires tweaking, adjustments, all of that. Then they got to debug to make sure they don't jack the weapon up and break it, okay? When they're done with that, they're not done yet. Now they got to go into PvE and they got to make sure, okay, we need to raise it now. So all these enemies need to receive the appropriate amount of damage from the weapon to make up for what we just did to nerf it in Crucible. That's one weapon. It's like, that's why they can't do it. It's not a matter of like every weapon has its own dial of damage to guardians, damage to enemies. Unfortunately, that's not, that's not how it's, that's not how it's done. 
Are we saying when they adjust the Queen Breaker, they did not just adjust it in PvP and PvE? Well, sometimes they do that, Clean Killer. Yes. So when they said that Sleeper's aim assist was going down as a way to assist with Gambit, this did nothing for Gambit, by the way. They just crapped on one of the best weapons in the game because people were complaining, and then Queen Breakers took over, okay? They lowered aim assist on Sleeper. That was just a global change to the weapon, and it affected it everywhere. Now, it they can't do that separately that's not damage reception on an enemy so they can't say aim assist lower than on a guardian aim assist raise it on a on a on a on a on a vex or a boss or whatever they can't do that now with damage reception they can but even damage reception as i just pointed out that's a nightmare it's like we're gonna we're gonna make trace rifles are too strong in the crucible so if we lower their damage then they're gonna be too weak in pve one weapon type creates a mountain of work. It's not just like turning a dial. It's not that simple. Aim assist can't be tweaked in that way. Because again, hear what I'm saying. They're adjusting the enemies. If they're adjusting the enemies, they're not adjusting the gun, which means if aim assist is brought down, it's brought down everywhere. They can't be like, let's make a hive knight um have a stickier hitbox or a head against the sleeper. They can't they can't do that. Are you speculating or do you know Bungie changes gun damage for a fact? This is literally how they do it. They have they have actually stated this is how they adjust gun damage. Yes. This is how they do it separately. It's how it works. I don't know if they've ever explicitly come out and said we can't tweak things individually, but Anytime they've talked about it, they're adjusting damage reception of the enemies, not the gun's actual uh, damage output. You never notice a difference as a sleeper? I'd notice a difference right away. I notice a difference right away. It was way less sticky. T-Funk, if PvP was to evolve or leave the Destiny franchise, what would keep power in check? Would we have a power creep? Do you think there needs to be a skill gap in power and strength? Well, we don't, I don't honestly even know if that would be a problem because you could always have, you could always have difficulty spectrum. If you start to feel like people are too strong, you know, Hey, you, once you, once you get kind of tapped out, a lot of these weapons and a lot of these builds are really, really strong. They're going to make a lot of the content seem trivial, but if you raise the difficulty, you get increased drops. Maybe you get new bounties. Maybe you get new pursuits. And when you do that, it's a self-imposed thing so that you can actually make your your high, high damage output suddenly feel like it has meaning. Getting really strong in Destiny right now, the only time it really starts to matter is when you bake a boss. You're like, yeah, we can bake this boss really fast in a strike, nightfall, or a raid. It'd be cooler if I could go into a strike at level, and it's really freaking difficult, and when it, it makes it really, really difficult, and there's like a reason for me to want it to be uh, that difficult, right? It It's one of those things where I, I don't necessarily know if the problem is power creep, but giving us a challenging context where we would take our, our really, really strong builds and our really, really strong power. Whispered out it wasn't nerfed because of PvP. Eikoloff proves you don't need PvP for Bungie to want to nerf things. Right, right. You're going to have runaway items. And again, 
the symptom of Ikelos running away is a really unique symptom, okay? The weapon system was so weird when Ikelos gets introduced. Ikelos shotguns gets introduced as a power weapon. And they give it trench barrel to make it like a really desirable power weapon. Then six months later, they blow up the, the entire weapon system and Ikelos slips in. It's like, yeah, I'm with these guys. Yeah, shotguns. Yep, I'm with them. <laughs> Power weapon in disguise. Just sneaks in. And then when you start looking at damage efficiency, damage output, and how much it could, da- how much damage the Icolos could output, it was outpacing exotic heavy weapons. Because it was an exotic heavy weapon, for the most part. That's a really unique situation where a, a weapon, like, j- jumps outside of the bell curve. That's not normal. If you build the weapon system from the ground up with primary, secondary, and heavy, then I think it's a little bit easier to not have those runaway weapons. Even the whisper, like the the ammo nerf, that wasn't even really needed. The gun's still a rack, the gun is still a god killer. It's still a god killer. The nerf to machine guns, uh, that was just that was just their way of trying to get people to use grenade launchers and in 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 rocket launchers. They're trying to they're trying to break the train so you play with the blocks. Johnny, you're familiar with the concept of good is the enemy of great, I'm sure. I believe this concept is where the community is having problems discussing PvP's identity within Destiny 2. PvP is fine. To get better, we'll have to go through more more pain, not less. Thoughts. Right, I think this is a good this is a really good way of putting it. And this is where I got frustrated today even talking about it with people. I'm like, if I would have started up the stream today and said, today we're going to be talking about all the problems with PvP, okay? Everybody would be throwing their hat in the ring, talking about how frustrating it is, how much they hate comp, how imbalanced it feels, what super they think is dumb, what exotic they think is dumb, what weapon they think is broken. Everybody would have thrown their hat in the ring. But the minute you talk about, like, PvP hasn't been good, it probably needs to go away or completely evolve, everybody starts defending it. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Settle down there. I have a bit of Stockholm Syndrome. I love the thing I'm captivated by. (laughs) Like, I love my captor. (laughs) Like, they love the very thing that they rail against and hate. And so, as I said this morning, if you're a fan of PvP then you should be hearing what I'm saying and saying, yes, Lono's right, we should demand better. Either evolve it to a better place and state, or just cut it. What's the point? We've run in a circle for four years. Uh, Nashith, do you think making two types of stats, one for PvE and one for PvP, for all items, equips, guns, would fix the issue? Well, yeah, I mean, this this is another way of saying split it down the middle. Like, opening up a gun and it has a blue skill tree for... PVE and a red skill tree for PVP and whenever you switch skill trees so does your stat bars so they could go in and say okay the service revolver is it w- with the right perks and combinations and its current stats it's it's too close I'm not saying this is true I'm just imagining okay this is fake but imagine that the service revolver with the right perks on its red skill tree was maybe a little too close to the not forgotten in the Lunas it was kind of like why even bother going for not forgotten and lunas you can just get a god roll service revolver so they would go in they'd go to the red they'd go to the red skill tree and the red stat bars and they'd tweak them accordingly 
And if you had a really great roll for, for PvE, your blue stat bars and your blue perk tree would be unaffected. It'd be completely unaffected. Uh, Ant made it. I don't think Destiny players know what they want. People want fun and things that are fast, TTK, skill gap stuff, but they also want balance. Uh, and with balance comes slower TTK, slow play. That's what we got with D2 Vanilla. And plus, we will always have a meta. I don't know. Right, like I said, they complain about the very thing that they think they don't want to go away. I, I, it's just one of those things. Super J-Man. If in D3 PvP was blended with PvE, do you think it would be as bad as invading in Gambit, or do you think it would be more balanced playing field? Well, it depends on how they incre- how they do it. You wouldn't want to waste your super or heavy ammo on a random player attacking when you're about to fight a boss or a group of ads. This is literally verbatim a point I made the other day, and if you go back, go all the way back to one of my oldest videos where I said, Destiny can learn from Halo 5. When the Warzone details came out for Halo 5, I said, this is something Bungie needs to work on. A PvP-PvE combined environment. And I said exactly that. If you have your super or limited heavy, limited heavy supply. They just gave everybody heavy at the beginning of the round. And you know there's four mini bosses coming up. You and your other teammates are going to take turns probably using your heavy and your supers. Therefore, whenever you work your way to the PvP environments, if you saved your heavy or your supers, you probably slowed yourself down in the PvE race. Right? It would it, it would be checks and balances. I think the problem here is with invasion and gambit one person invades so they take the heavy and then they come over even if they don't take the heavy they could get heavy to drop with the right perks they could use a sniper you know they have wall hacks and they have an overshield so in my example it was always like it would lead to the culmination of some big fight and then naturally leading up to that moment it would just feel balanced because you're like I don't want to waste all my blood and treasure on PvP, we gotta kill these mini-bosses. I'm gonna just blow my super and my heavy here. This guy takes too long to kill. There'd be benefits to winning that race. You would incentivize people to really, really dump their heavies and their supers into those mini-bosses because of the benefits they'd get for winning the early race. Toby667. If there would be one thing you could evolve and one thing left behind for D3, what would these things be? I would evolve the the perk system on the weapons significantly so they're way more interesting and way more diverse um and i would leave behind i would leave behind uh the the uh what was i gonna say i totally lost my train of thought I would, oh, I would leave behind the weapon system as it exists right now. I think a primary, secondary, heavy system is far better. It's far more clear. I think you can create weapons that have a more clear identity when you have primary, secondary, and heavy. So I think guns themselves need to have significantly you know, bigger and more diverse skill trees. So the difference between your gun and my gun is far more significant. Um... And then I would just completely jettison the weapon system that we have right now. Primary, secondary, and heavy is just more sensible. You can then create archetypes and damage efficiencies that just make way more sense in the secondary slot. Um, right now, it's just a very confused weapon system. T-Funk, after a few weeks in each season or DLC, activities feel more like a chore and a checklist. Did the raid? Check. Did the nightfall? Check. How can Bungie change this mentality? Duplets with 37 months. Thank you. Well... I think it's all about your motivation. 
It's all about your motivation. I didn't feel like it was a chore when I was grinding for a god roll Imago. I didn't feel like it was a chore when I was grinding for the Nano Phoenix ship. I didn't feel like it was a chore when I was grinding the weapon frames with Ada. Loot is the issue. That's why I put my video up yesterday that if you had weekly bounties at every NPC that were tied to activities, that doesn't feel like a chore. You're chasing loot. We've talked about this in Division Division 2. Division 2 is praised not because you're having these super diverse and dynamic experiences, but because you're being rewarded for your time. Dopamine's firing in your brain. Nobody, nobody talks about the, the content of, 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 uh, of Division being really satisfying. They talk about the loot. Dude, the loot, there's loot everywhere. Oh my gosh. There's so many different builds you can come up with. There's so many different, uh, there's so many different brand sets. And it's like this. And then I don't, I don't know. Like that's the main thing that they're, they're missing right now. The main reason you're bouncing from activities right now is for like for power and you just get tired of that because you get bad luck. It's just a chore. It's you're not pursuing loot. Ginger 300. Do you think that Bungie needs to control the narrative about the future of PVP since people from all spectrums in the community are spin foil hatting about the future of PVP? I already addressed why I don't feel like they can say anything right now. I don't. I don't think they can say anything. If they come out and they make assurances that that Season of Opulence um, if they make Season of Opulence oh, they make assurances. Season of Opulence is going to have a PvP thrust. That that creates more rumor mill. That creates more rumor mill. That, oh my gosh, um, we, 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 they're not doing anything after Opulence. <laughs> If they come out and they say, we can't really tell you our plans beyond opulence because we're restructuring teams right now, that creates more rumor. Oh my gosh, they're restructuring teams. PvP is gone. You see what I'm saying? They can't really say anything right now. Uh, Big Perm says, speaking of Gambit possibly being the way in which Bungie tests PvEVP in the open world, do you think it could be more like invading a person's game similar to how Dark Dark Souls works versus Division with the Dark Zones. I just don't know if people would want this to happen. I remember that in Watch Dogs and I freaking hated it. I absolutely hated it. Um, It was like... I just turned it off. I got sick of people invading my game. Uh, I'm... Hang on. I'm messaging somebody about the podcast tonight. Tassie, it looks like Tassie can join us. Okay, Bronx Boy. PvP has always been a part of the game. I don't think it's going anywhere. Having said that, what are the top three changes that would make PvP awesome in your opinion? Dedicated servers, split the sandbox, and you need way better map design. Way better map design. Honey Badger. Why not just make PvP servers and balance it properly and consistently? I don't know why they haven't done this. I, it seems like they just can't. Uh, uh, Lil, Lil Him Sid or something here? Uh, coming from the days of Battletoads and Nintendo, how much PvP issues today are due to a generation that just can't handle overcoming adversity? Isn't a challenging PvP opponent just the equivalent of a really good AI? Is there any difference other than the feeling one gets defeated by a machine versus a human? Well, I think you're really, really oversimplifying it. 
really oversimplifying it. The games are meant to be fun, okay? And the dawn of video games is not the best example to use. It's not a generational shift. It's a change in philosophy with respect to making games accessible because people want to have fun. Dude, if you go back and you play regular Nintendo games, do you know what philosophy they followed? Punishing mechanics to extend gameplay, which honestly came from a philosophy of arcade games to drain your quarters. Pinball machines, early, early arcade games were designed to be really, really punishing and difficult to drain your quarters. You just keep pumping it full of quarters. The, the, the early, early eras of video games, they were so heavily influenced by that mentality. Punish the player, it extends the playtime, and in the arcade, you make more money off of them, okay? As games evolved, it became clear that they needed to be accessible and fun, because if they were too punishing, people rage quit, they get angry, they get stuck, they have a feeling of futility, I've never gotten past level 2, whatever the frick, you know? Battletoads, those early levels, then all of a sudden it's just like, oh my gosh, this is really, really hard like the racing level. So, when you think about video games as a business as a business, it's not a matter of like, oh, it's a generational shift that doesn't want to overcome adversity. It's it's more about this is meant to be like a hobby. This is meant to be fun. So it's, it's, why, it's why hunting isn't isn't a a crazy insanely popular thing it's not like a mainstream activity why because it's really inaccessible you got to sit in a tree you got to wait for hours you got to be freaking quiet and you might not ever see a deer this is a form of leisure that is that is in the vein of visual entertainment and stimuli so it's like watching a tv show the dawn of sitcoms what's a sitcom do a sitcom is a piecemeal story that has its resolution, you know, brought about in 20 minutes, right? A kid loses his $20 that his dad told him to watch and keep an eye on. And you watch for 20 minutes as through humor and slapstick and and, and him lying and, and doing crazy things and like keeping all the plates spinning. That's how they, that's how they develop the narrative. And then it's all wound up in 20 minutes, Okay. Video games are like that. Video games are meant to be something you can interact with piecemeal for 30 minutes, an hour to two hours, and there's a sense of resolution and accomplishment. This is why Bungie's leveling structure and enhancement core structure is completely short-circuiting because players sit down and they walk away and they don't feel like anything was achieved. It would be like watching a 30-minute sitcom where there's no resolution. It would be frustrating. You wouldn't enjoy it. You know, and I'm not talking about having a show about nothing like Seinfeld. Even Seinfeld had crescendos at the end of the episode, right? All the things that go into an episode and how everything, when that show got to its to its absolute peak, was when every storyline came together in the very very end. You know, Elaine's backstage with the jacket on, and then the speaker system goes off, and it's really loud uh, in her ear. Like, all that, all those storylines coming together in one thing. Like, even that show gave you some feeling of resolution and completeness after 20 minutes. So, video games started to become 
your sitcom on the weekends and people wanted to feel a sense of accomplishment after an hour or so so video game design philosophy has just shifted over the years significantly pvp the dawn of pvp in doom quake 2 and quake 3 and unreal tournament also created this sense of i can sit down and in 20 minutes I can play and feel like I'm having fun, right? There's a sense of there's a sense of excitement and there's a sense of oh my gosh, there's all this stuff happening. But even within those games, there were tweaks made so that people could go in and have a feeling like they got something done. The most popular game modes in Unreal Tournament, I'm fairly certain, were Instagib CTS servers. Why? Well, everybody can land a couple good shots of Instagib. You know, facing worlds, the two big towers. Anybody can camp up on some perch and get a couple of kills a game and feel pretty awesome. Quake 3, people got sick of dealing with like the the cycles of armor and the cycles of weapons. They came up with Rocket Arena as a mod. It's round-based. You spawn with armor and health and all of the weapons. Why do they do that? Because it's, it's more accessible to the common player. You can boot up, you've got weapons, you've got health and armor, you can get a kill or two. Instead of booting up and and connecting to Quake and getting run over by some guy who's got quad damage, and he's also got all of the armor and all of the weapons, and he's just running a cycle on the map because he knows all the timers, and you're just cannon fodder in his montage. Like, even all the way back then, so when people tell me I don't know PvP, yeah, okay, I just schooled you on, like, the history of the groundwork and foundation of PvP that influenced Halo and Call of Duty, an entire generation of PvP games, but I don't know about PvP. All of that led to the dawn of, like, piecemeal, easily accessible PvP. Call of Duty did the exact same thing. Quick time to kill, throw away mat, like, throw away games, just jump in, get some kills, jump in, get some kills, and what do they do? The decade life of PvP and Call of Duty that I had, they continued, continued to dumb down and cr- and shrink the skill gap, which hurt their base. The loyalists walked away. Sales started to go down because they did everything to make it easier on the bad players. Skill-based matchmaking, lag compensation, all these things get shoved into Call of Duty. So there's just this giant dr- metamorphosis of gaming that's been taking place where people want to sit down and feel powerful and awesome for 30 minutes to an hour if they don't get to do that they check out that it's 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 their it's their outlet it's their fantasy land that they get to go and live in and if you short circuit that leveling and infusion in destiny doesn't work overly punishing playlists like when you hit legend and gambit or when you're trying to grind comp and you're getting no points or you're losing points like all those things all those things short circuit player engagement because you you're like I, I didn't accomplish anything with my time and so your your enjoyment of your your leisurely activity just starts to fall flat this is why this isn't like a gener this is why when people are like oh it's a generational shift people are entitled they just want a trophy they don't want to have to get better they don't want to overcome adversity no that's not it at all i want to feel awesome and laugh and then shut the game down i don't i'm, I'm not trying to be the next like i'm not trying to be the next michael jordan of the crucible so like i'm not going to sit there and take every loss is a lesson and an opportunity to improve oh shut the frick up i just want to shoot people and then shut down that's it that's all i want catering to casuals is ruining games no no you want the casuals in there 
You want them in there. This is why Trials Bounties pre-Rise of Iron were perfect. They were perfect. You have the guys that just want to play pickup games of basketball, and you got Michael Jordan, and you got everybody in the playlist in Trials. It worked. It worked. You could just play Trials and get bounties, and the hardcore players could still play. They, they were still going to the lighthouse. It wasn't hurting anything by giving, by giving an inroad of accessibility to casual players. Listen. If game companies can figure out accessibility, then you've got, you've, you've won, you've won the lottery because accessibility is not about casualification. It's about an inroad. I can play trials and have a feeling of satisfaction in trials. I complete these bounties. That little checkbox comes up. I hit that button. Bing. I got trials gear. Okay all the way up to the edge of the spectrum you got real crafty going flawless all weekend every weekend double carrying okay everybody's happy as soon as those casuals start to vacate the player base because they feel like they have literally nothing to do why am i in here what the frick is the point i'm just getting beat up by stacked cards i'm out that hurts everybody Matchmaking takes longer. More games are sweaty because you basically are fighting the same small pool of players. Everyone confuses my call for accessibility with an argument for casualification. I've I've never argued for casualification ever. Accessibility. That's why Ada's bounties. Everybody is like, why does Lona always get on Ada bounties? It's like his one string banjo. It's because Ada's bounties are literally the prime example of player agency, RNG, and accessibility landing perfectly on the game. A casual player can get the Kindled Orchid, a hardcore player can chase the Kindled Orchid. Getting and chasing aren't the same thing. You're chasing a god roll Kindled Orchid. Vastly different than the casual who just wants to get it that that is an enormous enormous big long speech going all the way back to nintendo to now tracing the trajectory of like why accessibility is foundationally important for your game and for the longevity of it i would be worried about a a, a launch date uh no borderlands 3 mayhem is coming september 13th pre-order now for a gold weapon skins patch a, a, a gold uh, skin uh, weapon skin pack. That's very exciting. Hopefully not an April uh, Fool's joke. Dope. Uh, launching uh, launching this come on phone this year. My wife's like, stop what you're doing. It better not be an April Fool's. September 13th is closer than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be in October. September 13th is a Friday. That's a Friday. There's no way they would April Fool's their audience. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. 
Uh, Creator Gamer. Hey, Lono. Adding to your weapon diversity and elemental primary diversity, do you think there should be four slots of our weapon loadouts? What I mean is by this is primary, secondary, heavy power, and a fourth slot for like sidearms, SMGs, and weapons of those archetypes. I honestly feel throwing them in with higher damage weapon puts them out of place. Big fan of the show and you. Love your passion. Hope for good changes or better for the Destiny experience. I don't dislike this idea. I don't. Um... PvP becomes the question mark here. Let's ignore PvP for a second. I, there are times where... You know what? There are actually a lot of times where I would do this. There are a lot of times where I would do this. Because you get stuck on a bad reload and you just want to finish off the ad. And being able to like... like I don't know what you would press to get to it. Um, being able to pull out a sidearm and just... Choo, 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 and like take, a, and take down a big baddie who's like on death's doorstep. Um... If you go to Borderlands Twitter, that tweet is not there. I don't understand. It was Borderlands 3. It's at Borderlands. I just retweeted it. What do you mean it's not there? Yeah, it isn't there. How are they doing this witchcraft? Yeah, it's gone. But we've all retweeted it. We've all retweeted it. I don't understand. I don't see it on Twitter. Maybe they posted it and removed it. Anyway. Uh, Verlernt says, what do you think about bringing back year one raid gear from random rolls? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a problem with this. That's fine. Um, that's fine. Uh, Born Phenom. I know this is focusing on PvP, but I believe there's an issue for most Destiny's problems at large is that we've never been able to properly lock down a clear definition of what Destiny is supposed to be. For five years, it's been a constant experiment, even out of the season pass. They're just testing stuff out each DLC drop. This makes me worry about D3, which will likely be another reset or will be thrown into another test chamber. What do you think about this? I think you're overstating the nature of how much they test. I don't think it's just been an experiment. Now, the annual pass as a delivery system is being tested, okay? But I don't think, okay, I don't think that they, the forges are a test. I don't think that was a test. I think that's just good content. That's just grind for weapons, right? Simple throwaway, you know, forge style content. I don't know if that was an April Fool's. Guys, I've tweeted by mistake when scheduling tweets. It's really, really easy to tweet by mistake, okay? Let me let me give you some insight into how Borderlands might have tweeted that by accident, okay? You type up your whole tweet that's going to be scheduled in the Twitter backend. You type the whole thing up, and then as you go down to schedule it, it's literally attached to the tweet button. You can click tweet by accident and tweet. And then, like, the down arrow next to it brings down this option to save as draft or schedule. I've done it by accident. I did it the other night. I was scheduling a YouTube video, and I tweeted by accident. They they could have. They could have tweeted it by accident. Because um, now the tweet's gone. So, um, somebody, somebody may be getting fired. <laughs> uh... It says it's from Twitter uh, Twitter Ad Composer, not the normal web one. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. If you compose it with, with their Ad Composer, that's where you like pay for promotions because they probably would have been paying for that to be a promotional tweet. It's mega easy to send by mistake. It's super easy. 
I started before typing now, I started scheduling it first, then typing. Because it won't send if the fields are empty. I'm telling you, they may have done it by mistake. Why else would you delete it? Clean killer. Uh, can we discuss the reason the content is at its lowest low is because the gear rewards are not that good. Raids have single exotics, but the armor has almost no value. PvP has Lunas that keeps people chasing, uh, but outside of one gun, where's the value? The game needs better loot. I agree with you. Uh, Destiny 3 is a real... Is Destiny 3 a real thing or just a fantasy uh, and we just uh, hope for a new version? I think there's going to be a new version of the game. I don't think it's a fantasy. Would dedicated service help? Yes. Uh, Would adding more damage to Guardians type of perk help? Again, I just don't think they're at a place where they want to do that. Like They've they've tried to tweak individually and it's very difficult. Do you think Bungie should do a season focusing on Crucible like they did with Gambit? Uh, I think they would fix a lot of issues by biting the bullet and focusing up. Just wondering your thoughts. No, I don't think so. They haven't been able to figure out for four years. They have not been able to figure out for four years. It's, I don't, I don't think they could just do a season, a season of it and fix it. I just don't think so. They didn't delete the tweet. Tweet is still active, but it's not on their timeline. It makes no sense. Yeah, that's gotta be, that's one of the most bizarre tweets I've ever seen. It's literally there. If they delete the tweet and you go to my retweet, it won't be in my retweet. The tweet goes away. It's literally there. It's almost like, it's almost like somebody data mined the scheduled tweet somehow. Let me look at this. It says, Twitter ads composer, 12.33 April the 1st. I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand. Is it possible to hide tweets? I don't know. I think they sent it by accident. Like I said, it's really easy to send by accident when you're composing. Cover two. Do you agree with Daquan's post about devs ruining games because of how they treat new players? Um, if you take Daquan's comments and you take the article that Paul Tassi wrote that you can't protect the, the bad players of Fortnite from the good players and in doing so, they're ruining their game. I think that's exactly what they're doing. I think Fortnite, Fortnite has been a really, really good example of what happens when you create a game that has a great spectrum, wonderful spectrum, low floor entry, fun to play, fun to pick up, but also high skill ceiling. You can play at the level of Tifu. okay? That's really appealing to a broad audience, but typically what ends up happening is that high skill, skill ceiling starts to become very very populated so what ends up happening is more and more people start to ascend out of the mid-tier that happens with time if you look at the life of Fortnite, okay in the early stages if i'm i'm an above average Fortnite player i'm not bad i'm not mediocre i'm pretty good i can throw down not now i'd probably get my butt kicked but at my height I could throw down pretty well. I had some pretty good plays, some pretty good montages. I pulled some pretty pr- some pretty nice games off, okay? If you would have sent me back to day one of that Battle Royale running, people would have thought I was a phenom. Why? You just start to get better at the game, and you start to ascend. If I can get that good, well, then there's tons of people that can get better than me, and then there's people that can get better than that, and there's people that can get to, like, the level of, you know, Symphony, Sir, Sir Demetrius, and and Tifu and all these guys that play at such a high level. Their edits are just insane. They can get to that level. What ends up happening then is you run into those people, and it becomes it becomes over-realized in your mind. 
I, I, the last time I played, we played five or six squad games. I ran into probably two people that I was like, okay, we got, we got a little mini Tifu here. This guy's a god, like, just building circles around me. But most of the people that I ran into weren't. However, when you run into that player that is so much better than you, it really stings your ego. It can be really frustrating. If you have a couple bad games in a row, that's that's Battle Royale. You can have crap games, like multiple games in a row. But when those crap games, multiple games in a row are at the mercy of really, really strong players, you start to blame the player instead of the genre. The genre of Battle Royale lives and dies on quick games. That's just kind of the way it goes. But if you have five bad games in a row and three of or four of them are against somebody that clearly was just way better than you, you start to blame the player and not the game. And so the perception of the player gets damaged. You're like, oh, this sucks. I'm just so many good players here. So Fortnite's attempting to split the community. They're like, well, we'll give you mats and health on a kill, but only in this playlist. So you shove all the aggressive players in that playlist. Everybody that wants to be protected from that and they want to turtle up and hide and not engage in fights, which is horrible. Turbo building, okay? Turbo building and tilted towers ruined the pacing of Fortnite. It did. I'll always stand by that argument. Turbo building and tilted towers ruined the pacing of Fortnite. It created an entire player base in Fortnite that doesn't want to fight against the people that want to drop and fight right away. So you lose tons of players in Tilted, right? You create this entire expectation like, I can drop, get kills, leave, drop, get kills, leave, drop, get kills, leave. So there's no transition fights. There's no transition pressure. There's nobody alive after first circle. There's 20 people left. On top of that, you compound the problem. You let Johnny Fingerhold turbo build. And Johnny Fingerhold can build faster than your gun can shoot. Well, while he's doing that, you get third-partied, another team comes over, they hear you, blah, 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 blah. So, the entire structure of Fortnite was changed a long time ago, and they can't, they can't, they can't put the jack back in the box. You got an entire player base in Fortnite now that wants to be coddled and have their hand held, and they want to, they want to finger hold Turbo Build and be left alone so they can get in the top ten and feel cool, I guess. And then you got high aggressive, high skilled players that can't stand the risk and the investment that goes into every fight and getting no mats back and getting no healing back. It ruins the flow for them. Well, if they always have to go into the sweaty playlist, it's, it, it, if you go into the sweaty playlist, it's just like the, every game is going to be against sweaty players like this. It just starts to get really, really old. You go into pubs and it's boring because they, they remove that value point. This is always going to be a debate in games like this is that you try to appeal to those new players Again, there's a difference between accessibility and casualification. I think accessibility in Fortnite is a, is a struggle because you land and if a good player's in your town, you're going to freaking know it. He's going to gear up and be up your nose like that in your house, shoving a shotgun in your face within 60 seconds. I, I don't know how you protect bad bad, new, inexperienced, amateur, whatever you want to call them, I don't know how you protect those players from that. Because more and more people play your game as it grows in popularity. Skilled players become an infection in the game that hurts the enjoyment of other people. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. That's what they're supposed to do. Same thing happened in Call of Duty. They got tired of people pub stomping. Okay? 
I guess it's pub stomping to play with your buddies and go into Team Defender or Headquarters and play organized and talk in a team-based, objective-based game mode. I guess that's pub stomping, okay? So, um, so in, in that, in that scenario, they went in and they said, they, they put skill-based matchmaking on, they made it really, really hard to go on win streaks, you'd, you'd win a couple games, and then no one would get put into your lobby. Call of Duty did everything it could to protect people from organized people. That's just what happens. I don't know the answer. I think PvP in general is difficult for that reason. How do you create accessibility? Like, have beginner servers? Even that doesn't necessarily work. Eventually it kicks them out on the other end. There's always a bottom of the barrel player. Even if you come out on the other end of a beginning a beginner server, you're still getting kicked you're, you're still getting kicked out on the other end. Right? Experience-based matchmaking instead of skill-based? I I don't know. I don't think there's a solution. I just think you have to trust that you have to create fun things for them to do. And this is where the battle pass is like the is like the trials bounties, right? If the battle pass is fun and they feel like they're getting stuff just for playing, it can keep those people in there. But even that I think is losing its staying power. It's just not as it's not as motivating anymore. But I think that's why the battle pass was born. A casual can drop, do a couple goofy things, search for treasure, open some boxes, and then and then get some cool skins unlocked. You know? And they don't even have to do that. Just filling the battle pass from playing, you get stuff. Uh, plays with straws. Is it fair to say Destiny has the PvE activities down, not perfect but good, but needs much more loot? Yeah, I think they've got fantastic scaffolding with no loot. They got all this scaffolding, and there's no depth. There's no loot. So, we're going to do another talk and another Q&A in a little while about Borderlands, where you should start. I'm going to give you advice on what games to play and what classes to play if you've never played before leading up to Borderlands 3. Uh, So, don't go anywhere. If you're new and you enjoy this, click follow on my channel. That's a free way to support what I do. That's the little heart button. That'll enable you to talk in chat as well for the Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.